When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to God, Goals, and Girl Talk, where we discuss living in the culture while living for the kingdom. Join in as we discuss how God's word applies to our lives in relationships, careers, and fulfilling our purpose. Girl, let's talk. Here's your host, Sharla Walker. Hey guys, happy Girl Talk Monday. It is your girl, Charlotte Walker, here a little later than schedule, but God is good all the time, okay? All right, so today we are jumping right in. I'm here coming for your theology. You may need to hold on to your edges, okay? So today we are gonna talk about the opposite of faith because it's not fear. Fear is not the opposite of faith. The opposite of faith is sight. My Bible says in Hebrews 11 and 1 that we walk by faith and not by sight. It does not say that we don't walk by fear. And I'm going to prove it to you. Mm-hmm. I'm going to change, I'm gonna change what, you, what you think. Okay? Okay. So I was in my study time and just talking to God and asking him just kind of when he gave me this notion and told me that, you know, the opposite of faith is not fear, but your sight, um, we had to have, we had to have a breakdown. Okay. I was like, show me. (laughs) Um, and so y'all know, I'm always out here giving definitions because when I study, honey, I study. Um, so fear, fear is anxiety, apprehension. Um, it is an avoidance of something that's painful or threatening. And sight is your ability to see, and it is also a view or a consideration. It is the consideration that leads to the emotion. So I let's take, um, you know, I may see a snake. Now, if I'm just walking down the sidewalk, I'm not afraid to walk down the sidewalk. But when I see the snake, it elicits the idea or the consideration of like, what if I get bit? The snake could be dead. Like, I haven't even got that close. What if I get bit? What if this happens? What if that happens? And those those things that I'm considering, the view of snakes being a dangerous animal, the view of, you know, oh my gosh, my whole life could be over if I get bit, or they're going to cut my leg off, just all of that together then creates the emotion of fear from what I see, right? You may be in a situation where your money may not be where you want it to be. And so you just feel like you're poor and you have nothing based on what you see, but you don't take into consideration the fact that you never went hungry, that your lights have never went out. You just see where you want to be and you know where you are. And so your view or your, or your consideration on that then elicits the emotion. So the opposite of faith is not fear, but it is sight. And so we're going to look at three different instances where sight and what you see got you in trouble, got some people in trouble. And we're going to really kind of dissect this and come up with a way for us to take those steps to adjust what we see. You absolutely have to adjust your vision. You want to see from the aspect of 
God, right? And so 2 Corinthians 5 and 7 tells us, for we live by believing and not by seeing. It doesn't say we live by believing and not by not being afraid, <laughs> right? So there are some scriptures that tell you to fear not, but I believe if you adjust your sight, then your emotion that is elicited by it Fear, you would find yourself less fearful. If you adjust your sight, then you'll find yourself feeling less anxious. If you adjust your sight and you keep your eyes not to the left or to the right, but fixed on Jesus, then your emotion will change. Then your emotions will follow. Your view will change. Your consideration attached to the emotion, it will change. It has to, right? So my first, first on the docket, <laughs> I should say, is Saul. So Saul was the first king of Israel, okay? He was appointed by God at 30 years old. Let, let's, let's be clear. You do not have to be old to be in position. Saul was 30, the first king of Israel, okay? One thing about Saul um, is that he kind of messed up right like he made some mistakes um and it it got him out of position and out of the will of god and his life and legacy aren't what they could have been um just simply because he allowed his sight and the things that he saw to make decisions <laughs> to make decisions for him and it got him out of the will of God. And that's when, you know, God took his anointing off of Saul off of Saul and put it on to David. Now, mind you, that Saul was still in position. Saul was still king for 40 years after that. He was still in position. Please stop being jealous and being discontent when you see people in position. You do not need to be in position. Just because you're in position does not mean that God's hand is on it. Okay, don't envy what you don't know, sis. You stay, you stay in your place. Okay, stay all the way in your place. Uh, so, the scripture that I want to go to is First Samuel thirteen, um, and it is discussing um, how they were in war and Saul, um, Samuel the prophet, had heard from God, told Saul. Don't do anything until I get back. I'll be back in a week. Um, as they continued and the war continued, Saul allowed his sight to get him out of order, right? So I'm reading from the New Living Translation, and I'm starting at 1 Samuel 13 and 7. So meanwhile, Saul stayed at Gilgal, and his men were trembling with fear. Saul waited for there for seven days for Samuel, as Samuel had, had instructed him to earlier. But Samuel did, still did not come. Saul realized that his troops were rapidly slipping away. So he demanded, bring me the burnt offerings and the peace offerings. And Saul sacrificed the burnt offering himself. Just as Saul was finishing up the birth offering, Samuel arrived. Saul went out to meet and welcomed him. But Samuel said, what is this you have done? Saul replied, I saw my men scattering for me, and you didn't arrive when you said you would, and the Philistines are at Michmash ready for battle. So I said, the Philistines are ready to march against us at Gilgal, and I haven't talked. I haven't even asked for the Lord's help. So I felt compelled to offer in the burnt offering myself before you came. Samuel's response, how foolish. You have not kept the command the Lord your God gave you. 
Have you kept it? God would have established your kingdom over Israel forever, but now your kingdom must end. For the Lord has sought out after a man after his own heart. The Lord has already appointed him to be the leader of his people because you have not kept the Lord's command. Whew, honey, what? So Samuel allowed, or Saul, I'm sorry, excuse me, Saul allowed the fact that he saw that his men were fleeting, that they were outnumbered and afraid. Um, they were hiding in caves and in thickets and in rocks and in holes and in cisterns. They were hiding. They were afraid. He saw them slipping away and he allowed his sight, his sight to, uh, to have him do something that was out of order. The instruction had been given to Samuel uh, by Samuel for Saul to wait until I wait till I get back. Samuel is the prophet. Um, wait until I get back. And then we will give a burnt offering and a peace offering to the Lord. But Saul, based on his feelings and what he saw, it, it created him to step out of faith. And he disobeyed God and he sacrificed the burnt offerings himself. And so in my research, what I found was so, I was like, what was so crazy about that? Like people give, you know, it was crazy. Unless God tells you to give a sacrifice, typically only the priests gave burnt offerings only priests you're not a priest you're a king you're out of order you're out of position and now god is really taking you out of position because he was going to establish your kingdom forever how close are you to your breakthrough and you're getting ready to do something that god told you not to do and his hand is going to be removed based on your sight not on your fear because you do things you do things because you see all oh, my money low. So I'm going to run and I'm going to go do the, hit this lick real quick. It's easy. It's been done before. And then you get locked up and now you got, you have felony charges. And you didn't know that the job that you had just interviewed for, making all this money, they were going to call you the next day. And now you're out of position based on what you saw in your bank account. Because you weren't afraid to go hit the lid. <laughs> but your fear of God not coming through. You not trusting that God would come through. Saul not trusting that Samuel would be back. Uh, it was taking too long for me. So I decided to take it into my own hands. And now God is, God's hand has moved off of you now. So was it worth it? Trying to fix the situation cost Saul his anointing. But he still remained in position. And then became tormented by spirits. And then Brooke just continued to disobey. There's another instance where God told him to go and um, in this land and kill everybody. All the animals, all the people, everything. Die. Kill it all. It is the worst. Get rid of it. Saul went in and was like, huh, some of this stuff looks pretty good. I'm going to keep it. And then sacrificed some of the some of the best animals. He sacrificed it to God, and God is not a recipient of that. You blatantly disobeyed what I said, and he continued to disobey God based on what he saw. Oh, this looked good. So I just figured we would keep it and sacrifice some of it. That's not the instruction that was given to you. You stepped outside of your faith based on what you saw, not based on fear. Based on what you saw, it looked great. So you thought you'd keep it, but everything that glitters isn't gold, right? So you want to make sure that you are in position. Um, if we 
also look at Peter, right? So if you go to Matthew, um, if you don't know that Jesus was not the only person to walk on water, Peter also walked on water. And Peter, um, they were in the boat, they were afraid, and um, <clears throat> they saw Jesus walking on water in the storm, and Peter came out. And so I'm going to read from Matthew 14, um, 1427, and, you know, so, or 20, let's start at 26. So, when the disciples saw him walking on water, him is Jesus, they were terrified in fear. They cried out, it's a ghost. They saw, then they were afraid. They saw, then they took a viewer consideration that led to the emotion of them being afraid. Their faith was shook on what they saw. You following me? I hope so. Okay. They said it's a ghost, but Jesus spoke to them at once. Don't be afraid. Take courage. I am here. Then Peter called to him, Lord, if it's really you, tell me to come to you walking on the water. And Jesus said, yes, come. So Peter went over to the side of the boat and walked on water toward Jesus. But when he saw the strong wind and waves, he was terrified and began to sink. Save me, Lord, he shouted. Jesus immediately reached out and grabbed him. You have so little faith, Jesus said. Why did you doubt me? The wind and waves are already there. That's why Jesus was walking towards them on the storm they were in the boat. The wind and waves were already there. It was not until Peter took his eyes off of Jesus. He changed his sight. He changed and began to focus on the wind and the waves that he then became afraid because he considered that he was going to drown. And that's what happened. His sight caused him to be fearful. And then Jesus said, why do you have such little faith? Your, your faith, the level of your faith is equivalent to the level of trust that you have in God. I know God got me. So therefore, I'm not afraid. I trust him. I trust him. I trust him wholeheartedly. And so I don't have to be afraid when I walk into rooms when I don't feel qualified. I don't have to be afraid because God, God sent me here. And I trust that he's, whatever his will is going to be is going to be done. And I trust that. So I'm good. <laughs> right? So fix your sight. What are you looking at? What are you looking at? Your eye gates are a very easy way to your heart. What are you feeding yourself? Your, your, your faith is shrinking because you're too busy looking at everybody else. Look at Jesus. Seek him. Do what he told you to do, right? Okay, so let's go to John 11. We're going to talk about our boy Lazzy. <laughs> Lazarus. Um, if you don't know the story of Lazarus, um, Lazarus was one of Jesus' friends and he had, he had died. And this whole story um, is just about who Lazarus was. And it is just so amazing, um, the whole story. And it talks about how Lazarus looked dead. And... 
it was so crazy because um, Jesus said, our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep and now I will go wake him. And the people, the disciples tried to argue if he was sleeping that he'll get better soon. Um, but Jesus meant that Lazarus had died. And so people were like, Lazarus is dead. If you would have been here. And he tells one of Lazarus' sisters, he tells um, Martha, your brother will rise again. And she said, yes, he will rise when everyone else rises. And he says, no, like he's going to rise again. I am the truth. I am the resurrection. I am the life. Anyone who believes in me, even after dying, everyone who lives in me and believes in me will never die. And when Martha put her faith with it, he said, do you believe this, Martha? And she said, yes, Lord. I've always believed that you are the Messiah, the Son of God, the one who has come into the world from God. And Jesus goes and he calls Lazarus. The people are crying. Jesus himself even cried when they talk about Jesus wept. This is the, where he wept. And this, he really really came and had to show them like I'm I'm more than this I'm more than this so um the people um uh, were like see see how much God see how much when Jesus cried it says see how much he loved him and um someone said this man healed a blind man couldn't he have kept Lazarus from dying Jesus became angry and as he arrived to the tomb, um, he, with the tomb, a cave with a stone rolled in front, he said, roll the stone aside. But Martha, the dead man's sister, protested, Lord, he's been dead for four days. The smell will be terrible. Jesus responded, didn't I tell you that you would see, you would see God's glory if you believe? So they rolled the stone aside. And then Jesus looked up. He fixed his sight on God and said, Father God, thank you for hearing me. You always hear me. But I said it out loud for the sake of these people standing here so they will believe that you sent me. Then Jesus shouted, Lazarus, come out. And the dead man came out, his hands and feet bound in grave clothes, his face wrapped in a headcloth. Jesus told them, unwrap him and let him go. Jesus fixed his eyes on God and resurrected somebody. Fixed his eyes on God. His sights were fixed. Their sight, oh no, he's dead. Oh no, he's in there. He became angry, fixed his sight on God, and then rose that man from the dead. Where's your sight? Who are your sights fixed on? What is your sight fixed on? How can we readjust? Hmm? So we're going to take a quick break, pay these bills, and we're going to come back with our readjustment strategy, okay? Okay. Hi guys, it's your girl Charlotte Walker, the host of God Goals and Girl Talk, here to talk to you about my new prayer journal. Ah, I'm excited. It is on Amazon. Check God's resume. Why are we checking God's resume? Not because he's not great, but because sometimes we just have to remind ourselves of the things that he's already brought us through. This journal will walk you through just documenting the great things that God has done in your life. And it has prompts for quiet time, sermon notes. It tells you how to battle and deal with things that you're struggling with 
prayer strategies, anything that you need is in this journal. It will bless you. Please go out, get you a copy on Amazon. It is called Check God's Resume. I cannot wait to hear how it blessed your life. Let's get back to the show. All right, guys, and we are back. So how do we stay focused and adjust our sight? Like, how do we focus, get back into focus? If you've ever been to the optometrist's office and if you need glasses, like your girl, okay? Um, if you have ever been to the optometry office, the doctor will um, put this, like, contraption in front of your eyes and be like, which one's better, one or two? Quite frankly, they all kind of look the same. But um, you have the ability, he's focusing, he's helping you focus your vision and focus your sight. And so I wanna give you some strategies to do that. So I have five strategies for you to get your sight focused. Number one, spend time with God. Once Peter took his eyes off of Jesus, he began to sink. Once you take your eyes off of the purpose that God has for you, once you take your eyes off of God and his goodness and his glory, once you start taking your eyes off of him, your perspectives change. Everything feels daunting. Everything feels overwhelming because without him it is. And so you need to really make sure that you are spending quality time with Jesus by yourself. By yourself. Make sure that you are, are spending time with him in his word doing worship. Um, if you don't know how to pray, um, please grab a copy of my prayer journal that's on Amazon called Check God's Resume. It has some really amazing prayer strategies in there that um, I've adopted that I first read in Priscilla Shira's book and I'm sharing it with you guys um, called Fervent. It is amazing. It's amazing. You can read books. You can listen to worship music. I've really gotten into listening to instrumental worship music um, on YouTube and just type in um, instrumental worship and just talk to God. Tell him how great he is. Thank him for the things that he's already done. Remind him of his word to you. So really just jump in and immerse yourself in spending time with God and not taking your eyes off of Jesus because that is our glory, that he is our um, our example. He's who we model our life after. He is our idol. That is who, that is who we worship, Jesus. Um, number two, surround yourself with those who are going to edify you in Christ. Okay? Why is that important? Saul didn't start tripping until the people around him started fleeing. And then he felt panicked based on the movements of other people. You need to surround yourself with people that will pray for you. Um, and know that it is okay for you to be alone. Sometimes Jesus, God has to get us by ourselves so he can have a conversation with us. There are things that he really needs for us to do that we can't do in front of other people. And so you really need to be okay with being alone. Jesus prayed by himself often. When Jesus was getting ready to go to the cross in the Garden of Gethsemane, he went by himself to pray. Asked his friends to pray for him. They were asleep the disciples. He woke them up twice. <laughs> so when you're really about to do something, it's okay if people aren't around you. It's okay if you don't feel surrounded or, you know, by people who should be here. So don't focus on that. Keep your eyes on God. He will send the people that are supposed to be there. And if there, if nobody's supposed to be there besides you and him, guess what? That's all that'll be there because there are some things that God can't do in front of other people. 
There are some miracles that he needs to work out with just you and him. There are some things and some characteristics and things that he needs to deal with by just y'all two together. And you just need to be laying on your face and spending time with him. Jesus prayed alone often. Often. It is okay for you to pray alone. Understand that everything that you do and everything that you go through is for God's glory. This is number three. That everything that you do and that we go through is for God's glory. It was horrible that Lazarus died. This was Jesus's friend. This is Martha and Mary's brother. They loved Jesus and he died. Jesus wept because he died. But that had to happen for the real miracle to happen. If Lazarus didn't die, then Jesus couldn't have resurrected him. Jesus couldn't have shown himself, right? In my own life, I've been through situations that like, yo, I had to go through that because now I look back on it and it brought me closer to God. I had to know who God was. I, I had to go through the hard thing. Um, my grandmother passed away in 2018 and it was really one of the hardest, hardest times in my life. Um, I love my Gigi deeply, just deeply. Like the, there's no other word to explain it. And I had to go through that because on the other side of it, God has given me the task to continue her legacy and to continue her, um, you know, she passed the baton to me. Like, look, I was, she was the prayer warrior. And guess who's the prayer warrior now? Guess who is the intercessor now? And I wasn't prepared for it, but God had to show me like, this was who, this is her legacy and this is who she was and it's your turn. And then God had to show me how he healed me and he kept me in moments where I thought it was impossible. Me being in charge as a, as a medical professional, being in charge of her medical care to be able to call and organize for my grandmother to go on hospice, but the granddaughter in me, the five-year-old in me, the 10-year-old, the 29-year-old, the, the, just me, wanting my grandma to live forever, but I knew that she needed this, this hospice care. I knew that she was suffering, and the only way that I could help her is to get her the care that she needed. And truly, it extended her life more than what we even expected. But I had to put my feelings down. I had to put down my sight of me seeing my grandmother like going on hospice. And I had to stand in and fix my eyes on the Lord and know that he sent me to her in her time of need, in her greatest time of need, that God trusted me with that. Sometimes the hard stuff has to happen for the miracle I started a whole organization based on my grandmother's legacy that's going to be a blessing to all of these girls. All of these girls and women that need to meet Jesus. Like, I would have not done this had my grandmother not passed away. Because now it's my turn. I've been, I've been placed in position. It's all for God's glory. My grandma was ripped to go. She's like, honey, look. I got my bags packed and I'm waiting on the Lord because she knows what's on the other side. And she's like, this is a body. I'm trying to go be, I'm going to glory. <laughs> and it's all for God's glory. The struggle is all for God's glory. The tears were all for God's glory. 
Because had that not happened, then God would not have been able to pull me into a place where he's pushing me to step out on faith, pushing me to continue my grandmother's legacy, pushing me, pushing me, pushing me. He had, he had to. It had to happen. It's all for God's glory. It's all for God's glory. Okay? So let's take a quick commercial break and we'll come back with our last two points. Hey guys, it's your girl, Charlotte Walker, the host of God, Goals, and Girl Talk. I am here to talk to you today about starting your own podcast. If you want to start your own podcast, I'm going to share my podcasting secrets with you. I use a program called Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it is the easiest way for you to make a podcast. First off, it is free 99, costs you no money at all. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or your computer. Anchor will then distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple, Google Play, Stitcher, and many more platforms. You can make money with your podcast, getting your coins with no minimum listenership. It is everything that you need to make a podcast in one place. So if you are wanting to do something new in 2020, you want your voice to be heard, you want to start a podcast, download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. Now let's get back to the show. All right, guys, and we are back. Um, So our last two points. So point number four, speak life. Speak faith. In the conversation between Martha and Jesus, Martha had to speak faith. I know that you're God. I know, I know that God sent you. I know, I know, I know, I know things that you know. You may not feel it. Your feelings are fallible. You can't trust your feelings. They will fail you. I don't feel like going to work sometimes, but my bills will get <laughs> my bills need to get paid. I don't feel like there's so many things that I do that I don't feel like. And I feel like if we condition our if we condition ourselves to not operate off, off of our feelings, but to operate in faith, then we'll be a lot further than where we are. We'll be a lot less upset with the things that we have going on. Speak life and speak faith. It does not mean that things are not hard. Things are so hard. Things are so hard. So hard. So hard. The day that I I got the call that my grandmother passed away was one of the hardest days of my life. It's hard. But then I had to glorify God because she was where she wanted to be, honey. (laughs) Number one. (laughs) But just for who she was and who she was in my life, God, I thank you. I thank you that even though it hurts now that I know that your word says, I will see her again. And when I see her again, it's going to be like that much time passed she's going to be healed and in her body and her in just healed and in her heavenly body and she's gonna make me some smothered potatoes <laughs> it is gonna be fire <laughs> so stand on what you know speak life speak faith speak overflow you are not going to feel like you are a multimillionaire. You're not going to feel it. 
But God, I know that if I'm a good steward, I know that your word says you're going to provide all my needs according to your riches and glory. I know that despite what it looks like, I don't walk by sight. I walk by the faith that you've given me. God, I trust you. Guard your heart and guard your ears. Get off social media. If you're comparing yourself based on a snapshot that you see, if you are making a consideration or a view based on somebody else's highlight reel, baby, no ma'am. Get off, do a fast. Get off of social media. Social media will have you out here feeling like you're not doing enough, but sometimes you just need to do whatever God told you to do. I don't care what everybody else is doing. What did God tell you to do? Because that's what you're going to be judged for. That's what you're going to be judged on. I don't care what the rest of the world is doing. A lot of times the stuff that God has people do don't make sense. Noah was out here building an ark and there was not a drop of rain. Okay. People talking about him. Oh, he crazy. Dogging him. But guess what? When it started raining, <clears throat> Who? Mike Jones back then. Then won't we? Now I'm hot. Okay. Now it's raining. You all. <laughs> right? So don't go off of what you know and what you see. God does the complete opposite. The complete opposite. Jesus did not come with robe and, and, and royalty. No. He was so inconspicuous. So inconspicuous. Jesus. <laughs> The King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, Jesus. You wouldn't have known. They were sleeping on him. They were like, who is this dude? Don't be out here too busy stunting for the rim that you, you step out of faith. Don't be like Saul. If Saul was out here, he had the title. Saul had the title. You scrolling through the rim like, oh, he's still king, dang. I want to be king too. God, how come I can't be king? Little do you know, God was not pleased with him. That person you're following, God may not be pleased with them. You see what they want you to see, but you don't know what their life is really like. Come on now. And point number five, stand on God's word. Emotions are okay. They're a part of us. You have to learn how to master them and regulate them. You cannot act purely out of emotion in your flesh. That's how people end up in jail. I was angry, so I did this, not thinking about it. You cannot act out of emotion. Jesus wept. He was sad. He still moved in faith. He still looked up to God. Thank you for hearing me, God. I'm only saying this out loud. So, they, for their sakes, not for mine. Thank you for hearing me, Father. And he still moved. He still moved. His view and his consideration, even though he saw, he went through the emotion. He cried. He went through the emotion, but he still moved in faith. Because his sight was still on God. So, let's just recap. How do we adjust our focus? in our sight. Spend time with God. Number two, surround yourself with those who are going to edify you in Christ. Number three, understand that it's all for God's glory, even the hard stuff. 
Number four, speak life and speak faith. Oh, I'm always be broke. What? What? I rebuke that. Satan, get behind me. No. Father God, I know that my money situation and my finances aren't where I want them to be right now. But God, I thank you for showing me wisdom to give me insight. Show me how to be a good steward. I allow you into my finances. Thank you that you said that you will meet and exceed my needs. Thank you for being Jehovah Jireh, my provider. Thank you for making sure I have food on the table. Thank you for making sure that I have a job to go to. Thank you for making sure I can put gas in my tank. Just because you can't get your nails done and you can't get flued out, sis, does not mean that God is not providing. Ooh, that part. He will provide your needs. And he will give you. You seek him first. He will give you the desires of your heart, but not if you're going to make an idol out of them. Search yourself first, child. Okay? So number four, speak life. And then number five, stand on God's word. And if you don't know it, you need to find scriptures. If you don't know it, you need to find scriptures. Go through. They're going to, um, I'm going to have in the show notes a worksheet, um, a sight versus faith worksheet. And it's going to show you how to take what you see and how to defeat that with God's word. And so I really hope that you take this freebie, you download it. It will be a blessing to you. Um, I really am just so adamant that we have to change the way that we look at things. Literally, literally, we have to change the way that we look at things because it is killing our faith. It is killing our faith. So... I am so grateful that you guys came on for another episode and I'm going to start ending our show in prayer um, and just covering you guys because I love you guys and that's what I want to do. God, I just thank you for my sisters. I thank you for just the people that you bring under the sound of my voice. I pray that your, your word hit its mark, God. Just teach them, Father God, how to adjust their faith, how to adjust their sight how to grow in their faith, Lord. Encourage them to take the steps, God. If they don't know you, Lord Jesus, I ask that they come into the agreements of who you are, Father God, that they give and submit their life to you, Father God, as their first act of faith. I'm so grateful for who you are and the things that you've done in my life, Father God. I'm so grateful for my sisters that are attached to this to this podcast, Father God, and just you trusting me to be able to speak your word and to have your word go forth for them, Father God. Father God, I pray for souls. I pray for hearts. I rebuke any act of the enemy against my sisters, Father God, in the name of Jesus, that depression ends here, anxiety ends here, fear ends here, Father God, that they will be guarding themselves and they put on their whole armor, Father God, the armor that you've given us, Father God, that they stand on your word. Lord, I'm grateful for every opportunity and everything that you have attached to the to the people that are attached to this show, Father God. I thank you. I thank you for who you are, Father God. If you did nothing else, if you did not do another thing, you are still so great and worthy to be praised, Father God. And we just do all of these things, Father God, for your glory and your honor and not for mine, Jesus. I thank you that you continue to give me the strength to be obedient. And I thank you just for everything that you've continued to do, the things that I see and the things that I I don't see, Lord. And so we thank you that all of these things are done in your son Jesus' name. We pray. Amen.
you guys. Woo! God is doing some great things, man. I want you guys to get in, get attached to Hearts Over Habits, Inc. If you want more time with us, with me, God Goals and Girl Talk, Hearts Over Habits, Inc. on Facebook. Join our Facebook group. We are out here. And I cannot wait to talk to you guys next week. Thank you for joining us for another episode of God, Goals, and Girl Talk. Email your questions to godgoalsandgirltalk at gmail.com to have them answered on the show or have a topic you'd like to hear discussed. Looking for a community of women who love God and live for the kingdom? Join our community, Hearts Over Habits, on Facebook. Like us on Instagram and check out our monthly God, Goals, and Girl Talk online events on Eventbrite. Remember, above all else, guard your heart. We'll see you next week. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.